strong start. Good evening and welcome back to the penultimate live episode of Red Tinted Glasses that has covered you this preseason. The only Aberdeen podcast to bring you real life live episodes of all things covering Aberdeen FC. So Callum is in a different location. COVID has meant you're staying in Kirkcaldy. Not that you have it, we should we should clarify. Um, you're staying safe, so apologies that there is some Wi-Fi issues throughout this episode, but we do appreciate the support that you guys have shown to our lives so far this season. Callum, how's life down in Kirkcaldy for you? It's fine. Um, well, I escaped straight after uh, on the weekend and um, got down here. Next day, Neil tested positive. was planning to go back up last night to Aberdeen, um, which would have been fine because uh, I just avoided my dad in the house. would have been great. I was on the bus. I'd get it from Dunfermline, got to Perth, just left Perth. Thankfully, the bus was going to stop in Dundee because my mum messaged me just after we left Perth saying, I've just tested positive. So I was like, well, I better avoid the family home for a while. Um, so thankfully, Caitlin picked me up from Dundee. So I'm staying here for now, uh, staying safe. Um, but I can't believe how many run-ins I've had with this bloody thing. I know, dedication to the cause on trying to get to Parkhead for Sunday by staying with Caitlin and avoiding um, going home. So well done on that. It's an action-packed show that we've got tonight for those of you tuning in with us live um, or if you are catching up later, whether that be on Friday, either here on YouTube or via the audio platforms. We hope you are all well. As I said, action-packed show coming up. We have the Wraith Review. Callum, you were there um, on Sunday as Aberdeen completed the Premier Sports shows um, with four wins, undefeated and no goals conceded. We'll look ahead to the Premiership opener against Celtic this weekend. Fantasy, of course, we've got our Fantasy League at running back again, so we'll give details on that. And of course, transfers. Callum, your favourite subject to talk about. There's been a lot happening today, well, certainly on the outgoings in it was a busy week with me heading over to Aviemore for um, some birthday celebrations. You obviously being in Kirkcaldy, but maybe timed nicely with all the incomings and outgoings that we're convening this Thursday evening to discuss what has been happening. Exactly. Yeah, it meant we delayed this, and uh, they've got a little bit of transfer business out of the wind, out of the way. So absolutely fine. Looking forward to discussing that. I just love signings, incomings, outgoings. It's all happening, and I'm all yeah. for it. Uh, absolutely. So we will start. Um, back on Sunday as the Dons completed their Premier Sports group stage with four wins, the four wins most fans expected to get. Um, and again, it was probably with relative ease, Callum, I think it's fair to say, in, in terms of dispatching Wraith 3-0, although it wasn't with some concern because Wraith did, as we probably expected, did cause us some problems. Absolutely, definitely. Um caused us uh, more problems in this game. We got tested a little bit more, uh, which was obviously to be expected. A, a step up in opposition, and they, they are a decent championship side. Um, we looked a little bit mm, scary at times at the back. We afforded a few chances, Jamie Gullen especially, getting a couple. Um, but we, we sort of seemed to deal with it okay after um, a little bit of lapse of concentration at times. And uh, we got through it in another clean sheet, another bit of confidence we can take, I suppose, uh, from these games and heading into the new season. We need to remember how to win games. And thankfully, we've managed to do that with four and four clean sheets. So 
I think very, very professional all round throughout the uh, the Premier Sports uh, Cup group stage games, as we saw some other teams uh, in the Premiership not quite being so professional and saying that the Cup's not suited to the Premiership sides or whatever, as if they're not playing part-time teams and they're all professional. Yeah, not like Annan Athletic to go on and top their, their group, which of course was the team that we were drawn against to play. Um, our first game awaits the Dons as we head to Galabank at the end of August. More on that. Um, when we when the fixture comes around, we've managed to secure an Annan Athletic fan to come on to help us preview the game because um, it's not safe to say that our knowledge on all things Annan is definitely not up there, Callum. Absolutely not. I, uh, I had a little look at their squad. I recognise uh, Johnson, the one that one used to play for uh, Kilmarnock for a bit. And other than that, not many more. So thankfully we've secured that. And we'll get an education whilst we're at it as well, as well as providing knowledge for all. So there yes, we are. exactly, yeah. because we know how knowledgeable we can or can't be, I guess, on, on this show. Um, but back to the game on Sunday, it was the one change. Um, for the Aberdeen team. And I suppose we've got a few other things to discuss because it wasn't the only change um, ahead of the game on Sunday. Uh, Boyan Miofsky came in to make his Aberdeen debut in place of Christian Ramirez. And it wasn't just the his position Boyan was taking, it was the number. Uh, Miofsky has taken the number nine jersey for the season ahead. Christian now taking number 99. Is it just a number, Callum, or is it a bit disrespectful to Christian to remove the jersey he has worn already this season? I thought it was very, first of all, I thought it was very, very weird that the fact um, that they changed it after he's already worn it in a competitive competition. I thought that was pretty bizarre, especially since they'd apparently the Miofsky thing, giving him number nine, was part in the negotiation and him uh, signing. They already knew that he was signing before we played these games, so... Why did they not just change it beforehand? Uh, but regardless, I thought it was a little bit weird. It was, a little, especially given you know towards the back end of last season, maybe some of good Goodwin's man management had sort of come into question with the way he was telling people to go. But um, I'll, I'll trust him. I'll trust him. And it, it was a weird one. I just love squad numbers. I take them very very seriously. I, I blame football manager for that, and it just uh, unsettled me a little bit. But we thought at the time it was a pretty big deal. I think there was a lot of. Uh, commotion maybe is the word you could use to describe all of it at the time but it fizzled out pretty quickly and um, maybe a marketing ploy Ramirez 99 how often do you get teams in Britain wearing number 99 at least we won't have um, any issues with people already having Ramirez 9 on the back of their shirt because obviously the kit's not yet available for release although that will be next week so they've avoided a bit of an issue um, there but you know, there was people maybe questioning the man management from Jim Goodwin on on the decision to remove the number, obviously. And then counter-argument was, well, you know, Christian was a bit disrespectful to the Aberdeen side at the end of last season, you know, downing tools when, you know, we were in that battle towards the end of the season. I take it how you will. But if, if the difference between signing Boyan Miofsky was giving him the number nine jersey or another, then, you know, from what we've seen so far, I think, give him that number nine jersey. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, it, it does seem bizarre that that's like one of the selling points, you'll get the number nine jersey, but I suppose maybe that gives him some confidence in a way that he's, how, how he's going to be seen at the team, how he's going to fit in. Um, but yeah, everyone moved on pretty quickly. 
it's all good. Christian Ruiz 99, CR 99, kind of like it. Kind of like it. A bit yeah. of a problem with all of his songs, but if you just change, he, <laughs> he, he wears number nine, he wears 99 instead of number nine. And we all be fine. We'll work it out. I'm glad you've solved the, the problem to, to that chant. And obviously, it gave us the ideal title for this show as well. We've got 99 Problems. Um, so uh, thank you very much to Jim Goodwin for that decision and Christian Ramirez for wanting to pick 99 as well. Um, the other pre-match changes, I suppose, Callum, we saw was the Aberdeen team warming up in front of the Red Shed, a change from um, seasons gone by where we will now warm up in front of the Red Shed as opposed to the Richard Donald stand. Jim Goodwin saying that is a decision being made to, you know, not kind of inspires the, the wrong word, but, you know, get the crowd at that end of the stadium going pre-match and then also giving the team an opportunity to gain more appreciation as they go back down the tunnel, obviously, from the main stand side. And I think that's actually quite a, a clever move, um, especially for the, the bigger games, um, which tend to generate more of an atmosphere um, than the so-called lesser games. I think that that will definitely work in our favour. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's about sort of small advantages. Often these things can kind of make the difference. It might seem like, oh, it's just where they're warming up or whatever, but you can sort of build that interaction, get the crowd going a little bit more, get the red shed um, in the groove. Then uh, it'll be. I think it, it, it could pay, pay off. And I especially like the idea of Jim Goodwin being able to now get in the ear of the officials even more. Um, I think that give, that, that'll probably give us maybe slightly more of an advantage because doesn't seem like a man who will mince his words very often. So I look forward to that. And um, yeah, I think it's it's smart and it's sort of more adding Goodwin's stamp. It's definitely throughout his tenure here, it's going to be his way or the highway. Yeah, of course, you are alluding to the fact that Aberdeen have swapped dugouts um, starting on Sunday and going forward this season. Aberdeen will now be in the Merkland side dugout as opposed to the Richard Donald stand side dugout as I'm naming them. I don't know what their official title is. Um, but it's just for clarity. Um, Jim Goodwin stating that, as you've said there, Callum, he wants to be closer to the official because he felt last season that the away uh, manager or away bench opposition had more influence on the main stand linesman. Um, so he wants to be able to be closer to that. And I think we've seen from, you know, maybe his man management style, certainly so far during his time in Aberdeen, he doesn't, as you said, doesn't mince his words, doesn't hold back in how he feels. Um, so, God help the linesmen coming forward this season. They're going to have a torrid time on on that side. They're going to not love that uh, change as much as we do. But yeah, I think I think it could prove to be beneficial. Uh, I don't know whether we might see Jim Goodwin get sent to the stands a little bit more, but uh, it'll be entertaining regardless. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Paul Donaldson, good to have you along with us tonight on the channel. Um, regular commenter as well. He's saying showing his age here, but remember when the squad numbers weren't really a thing. Just numbers 1 to 11 were used for the starting players in every match. Imagine if we went back to those simple times, Calves. Because God, how times have changed since then. That would be very, very confusing. And I would not be a fan of that at all. Squad numbers mean a lot to me. Stupidly <laughs> and, and like a stupid amount. Well, on to the game itself. And um, Boyan Miofsky having a very immediate impact in his full competitive Aberdeen debut. Of course, as we said a few weeks back when the team were over in Spain, because that's where they were for their pre-season training camp, if you didn't know, um, he made an immediate impact, not only winning the penalty, Callum, but with some great conviction, putting it into the top corner. Um, 
that's one way of getting up and running. Although, as we said, he did grab that goal over in Spain. So second goal in his Aberdeen career, but first official competitive goal. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a big way to announce your arrival. First of all, won the pen. I initially thought miles offside, but I haven't seen the replay. Nope, onside. So that's absolutely fine and did well to win it. And then, goodness me, did he whack that one away. That was... He had it with conviction, to say the least. Took his, took it straight through the boots, straight through those laces, straight through the ball, and it was oh, top straight corner. Through the <laughs> yeah, almost. I mean, what a way to announce yourself! And it looked like he absolutely loved it as well. And also afterwards, and when you know Aberdeen tweeted out or whatever, I put on the social media the wee clip of the video, seeing how happy Ramadani was as well for him. I absolutely loved it. Well, that's given me an excuse to go back and watch the clip again because I didn't spot that. But I love how much you're spotting how happy Ramadani seems to be in these penalties uh, in the clips that they're they're showing. I, I think, you know, was, I don't know if uh, Majowski was just slow in getting back or it was lazy defending by Stanton. But one thing I seemed to notice in the first half was Majowski's movement. He seemed to really kind of hold the, the shoulder of the last defender um, there was a time he was called offside when he was sent th- clean through, um, and he was yeah he was flagged offside. But the, the replays on Premier Sports showed that he was he was definitely onside, because um, yeah I'd managed to to find a stream for the game after Rory decided to do his best Martin Boyle impression. So I've stayed back and watched the game from the comfort of um, home, much to Rory's enjoyment as well. And thankfully there was you know some entertainment during the game. That that opening spell did see Aberdeen kind of look to impose themselves and it was good to see us use that home advantage coming out and especially getting a goal early in a game that we did think you know we could experience some problems in oh yeah absolutely it settled the nerves um very well i thought yeah Wraith will come up and they've got a bit about themselves obviously they had confidence from our result last year uh, uh as well so it was very it was good to get off to a flyer it was good for boy Miofsky to get off the mark immediately and um, positives all round, and then we set up in some slack defending. So that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the, I suppose, maybe the the gripe, if you want, on the game on Sunday was we almost started to ease up, and yeah, certainly the first time our defense has been tested on more than one occasion constantly. Um, I felt Wraith got a lot of success down our right side. You know, we've seen the positives in Jaden Richardson this season going forward getting good delivery into the box but I felt Wraith almost exploited him um, defensively on Sunday as most of their best opportunities came down that way. Zanata, a player we highlighted early on in last uh, last week's episode was a player that did seem to have a lot of joy but unlike us in front of goal so far this season um, well maybe apart from a few Christian Ramirez misses which we'll come on to um, Wraith weren't exactly clinical when the the chances um, came about but certainly warnings for us and I think Jim Goodwin did heed that um, ahead of Sunday's opener against Celtic Oh yeah definitely I hope they've spent basically all week um, working on that defensive shape and uh, the rotations and things like that but there there was warning signs Jamie Gullen sort of prodded one wide um, and then he also got another chance which forced a good save to be fair from uh, Kel Roos but there was definitely some warning signs and then thankfully we did eventually fire back and uh, boy did we fire back with that strike from McCrory but 
we're going to need to be better against Celtic, against most Premiership teams in the league because they will punish us. But Sunday is a massive, massive test to see how this defence actually does. It's all well and good keeping clean sheets against sort of lower league opposition. And yes, I got carried away with it regardless. <laughs> but we'll get a, real, a reality check on Sunday, perhaps. Not like you to get carried away at no. all, is it? And we've got our predictions to come later on uh, in the episode. So um, God knows how carried away you're going to get when it comes to that. Um, what did you make of Keller Roos um, at the weekend? Obviously, you said he, he pulled off one good save. Um, there was a couple of corners where he maybe didn't cover himself in glory. Um, Keith and a few others, Colby Henderson, when um, set, mentioned in the State of Scottish Football Group chat that they didn't really feel um, Keller commanded his area very well. Um, you know, and I think maybe if you want to compare it to the likes of Joe Lewis, who likes to shout at defenders, organise his defence, they didn't kind of feel there was that that sense from, from Keller Roos, but... Uh, I guess we'll get the real sense of his capabilities this weekend. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think there definitely was a couple of times. I know the corner you're referring to where he sort of held off a wraith player and then it went over the both of their heads uh, rather than him collecting the ball, which I was a bit, it was a bit unnerving. Um, it'll be interesting to see once he develops sort of more understanding with his defence, once he maybe gets a bit more confidence back as well after um, probably not a great end to his Derby career, all things considered. And mm. um, it'll, it'll be interesting. I don't know if it'll come more with more understanding with the the two defenders in front of him, but um, I think the jury's still out on Kelleroos to to say the least. Yeah, and that's a and a good point there. Uh, Skolsker makes another regular in our comments during our live. So good to have you with us as well. The Celtic game won't show how our defence is because we have to change it and probably our midfield as we'll have to move McCrory. Um, good point. We will come on to that later on in, in this episode. So, um, But again, I suppose and something hadn't really considered that it probably won't be the real test for our defence. We'll get that maybe the likes of St Mirren and Motherwell the, the weeks coming afterwards because uh, yeah, Celtic's a, a different kettle of fish with the attacking power that they, they possess. And as, as Skokser says, we're going to have to change that team. But um, any nerves that maybe we did have from the attacking play that Wraith were causing us problems with, you know, you always get that nervy sense when games are stuck at 1-0, was settled by that rocket from Ross McCrory, who's in some fine form just now. That's three in a row. Um, could have been four had that goal up here ahead not been disallowed in I suppose on the back of that comment there, it's going to be disappointing to see him potentially moved into um, defence when he has been so productive in our midfield. I mean, yeah, definitely. He seems to be sort of relishing being uh, a bit higher up the park in that sort of box-to-box midfielder role, if you will. He's been, yeah, as I say, amongst the goals. Um, I'm sure, obviously, he'll still do a fantastic job against Celtic, regardless, because he will deliver that sort of 7, 8 out of 10, no matter where he is on the park. But it is frustrating and it will be good to see when we do have us, you know, our settled back four and he is in the midfield, how he does going into the actual league season against better opposition and things like that. Because if he can carry on the way he's going, then I will be a very, very happy man. But that strike was unbelievable. And it sort of contrasts with the one where he sort of sclaffed it wide against Sterling Albion and then to go and whack that one in off, off the bar. It was beautiful. And I watched Vinny afterwards after everyone sort of ran over and congratulated him right in front of us. Vinny just stood there and I gave him an applause. And I thought that was probably deserving. 
Yeah, well, I suppose he tried his luck against Peterhead and it was cracked off the bar this time. He managed to kiss the underside as it as it went into the back of the net. And I suppose kind of reminiscent of that Carry Arneson strike at Tanadice when it kisses the underside, bounces down and then back into the roof of the net. There's something aesthetically pleasing about, about that type of goal. Um, and then, you know, 2-0 at halftime, you think, good, we're, we're on course here four wins then the next stage is you know keep a clean sheet which we go on to do but we do add a further goal is Johnny Hayes who was maybe um lucky in the first half it was a fair studs up challenge that was just a, a free kick awarded I know Michael uh Stewart in the Premier Sports commentary thought Hayes was very lucky not to see a card out with that and um, made it 3-0 and there was a tweet and I apologies I, I can't remember who it was said um, he must have known Macedonian to shout, leave it to Majowski um, to beat him to the ball before racing through and, and finishing very well to, to, seal the, to seal the points for Aberdeen. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes when Johnny Hayes goes bearing down on goal, um, even in his, you know, now with all the experience he's gathered, I'm still like, I have no idea where this is going to go because it'll, it'll either slot away, cool can propose, or it'll be like, not just the keeper will pull off a save or something, he'll do something mental. Um, but thankfully, you know, he was very cool, can't propose. It was a lovely finish. And uh, yeah, credit for, to Boyamiovsky, but also to Vicente for the ball through. And uh, also in the celebration, be analysing that when, when Johnny Hayes scored. Uh, Johnny Hayes sort of points to his ear and is like, yes, come on, you listened, basically, yeah. kind of thing. Um, so I'm not quite sure how they managed to communicate, um, given uh, Johnny's accent and Boyan just moving over. But, you know, it, it worked out regardless. But um yeah, not I suppose not even just Boyan, just anyone in general might have a hard time of understanding Johnny Hayes in, in fairness. But um, you know, obviously 3-0, there was a, a good defensive block from uh, Anthony Stewart towards the, the end of the game as well. So we saw how much the, the clean sheet did mean to the defense. But um as Parky1977 says in the comment, that CR99 miss at the end. Um a couple of bad misses, Callum. Um you want to discuss them? Yeah, he looks like he was sort of trying too hard, uh, almost, Christian Ramirez. The, the header at, at the back post and um, the goalkeeper topped, uh, tipped it over the bar, I thought not, nothing more he could have done there. That was a fantastic save. But that one at the end, I, I, it was selfish. And he sort of had his head down. It was just sort of tunnel vision. And then the ball sort of got stuck at his feet and just scoops it. Um, mm. I suppose you always hear that's what kind of strikers like, but I would have loved for him to just roll it across for an, an easy tap in for for Luis Lopez to get him off the off the mark. But um, frustrating, and it sort of subbed up Christian Ruiz's day a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if that was him trying to prove a point and make a mark ahead of this weekend, but you know it's a a group stage where he could have probably hit double figures um, had he buried some of the chances. I remember the open goal he missed against. Dumbarton, obviously the goal that he, as you want to say, rightly was disallowed. Well, I suppose there's no rightly or wrongly it was right um, against Dumbarton. I just I just loved how good a team goal that was. I was disappointed to see it uh, chalked off. But um, safe progression um, through to the next round. As we said um, earlier, we've been drawn away to an athletic that tied to be played in the midweek of the 30, 31st of August three or four days before we then travel to Dingwall to face Ross County. So going from one end of the country to the other in a short space of time. But um, yeah, can't really have any complaints with that draw talk, Alan, can we? 
Not at all. I think for those who do get there, whilst it's a long trip, I think it would probably be a worthwhile one because it's not the ground you're going to get to go, go to very often. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they did you know, progress through very convincingly um, as well. But look at it on paper. League 2 opposition, Premiership side, given how we've played against lower league opposition so far this this uh, season, well, we should be comfortable. There is Aberdeen, but it's favourable when you consider you know some of the other teams in there could have drawn a Premiership side, and uh, but thankfully we ended up getting ourselves seeded in a favourable draw for once. Yeah, for once, and of course, um, not us playing League 2 opposition away from home undoubtedly not attractive enough for Premier Sports because there's only two teams that are attractive enough for them to show. But that's fine. I'm sure there'll be a clamour for tickets, as you say, for the appeal of ticking our ground off the list that not many of us will ever get the chance to go to outside of cup competitions. So and one that I'm sure will pique a lot of interest when that comes around. Uh, Before we preview the weekend's trip to Celtic, we will look at the incomings and outgoings that have taken place at Tawdry over the last few days, because there has been a lot. It's your favourite time of the show, Callum. You love this segment. Um, Jim Goodwin on Sky Sports News um, was, you know, previewing part of the season. And he said that there was a kind of takeaway from one of his comments saying that he wasn't going to stand in the way of players that are in search for more first team minutes you know people may be suggesting that that was aimed at the likes of David Bates Christian Ramirez um you know given the fact that Mayovsky started the game on Sunday and, and certainly for David Bates he's not seen any competitive minutes neither is Connor McLennan um, and David Bates is currently in Poland for a medical ahead of a proposed move to Legia Warsaw in a rumoured deal to be worth £200,000 plus add-ons plus a percentage sell-on clause. A spectacular bit, bit of business. And as Erin Grieve replied to us on Twitter, for an excellent defender in David Bates, in case there's any Legia fans tuning into this episode. I mean, quite the deal. Stephen Gunn, whoever's responsible well done. Also, David Bates' agent. Um, yeah. I think, at all serious, I think it's a good move all round. We get a decent bit of money. I mean, I don't know if that sell-on clause will ever become on uh, become any use. But given you know its history of getting decent moves, you never know. Um, but you know, we pocket some good money. David Bates probably on a pretty big contract too. Um, go, goes out the door and hopefully can have a fresh start at, at Legia Warsaw. Uh, all the best to him. I don't really have any qualms. I thought he looked a lot better when he was on the right-hand side and not playing with Declan Gallagher, but he's not going to play ahead of uh, Stuart, Scales, or even McCrory. So. No, he's not. And obviously, if he wants the first time first team football, then uh, good luck to him in, in that sense. Um, I think you know your report and any other reports from the Brecon preseason game filled me with absolute dread of him potentially coming into the team as cover. But <clears throat> is cover what we now need on the left side of our defence? As Kieran and Gwenya this afternoon joined Wraith Rovers in a season-long loan deal, um, another good move to the Championship um, for one of our defenders this season um, as they go and search for more development minutes. Um, and this morning, a few weeks later than originally planned, Mason Hancock joined our growth in a season-long loan with Colin Hamilton suspended for the first two games of the championship season. Our growth were in need of a starting left back. 
and obviously view Mason Hancock as the best person for the job. Um, good to see him getting an opportunity that we'll see him get regular game time. Um, probably good development working under Dick Campbell, as we, we spoke about previously when this, this move came about. But Callum, with um, Mason out of contract at the end of the season, I note there was no option to, to recall um, in either our Broth or Aberdeen's statements on Mason Hancock signing, but but you had a had a kind of qualm about the the this one on the timing of it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very very good for move for Mason. First of all, I think he can probably go go on and prove himself, and probably go on to earn a, a new deal if these performances in the um, Premier Sports Cup group stages are anything to go by. I thought he's looked very very accomplished going forward. Uh, still, obviously, only only 19 and then he will learn a lot one way or another under Dick Campbell. Uh, <laughs> but I thought maybe we could have, I think we should have kept him for that Celtic game because we'll have to change centre-backs because Ross McCrory will probably presumably go in there with Liam Scales dropping out. And then, well, it looks like we're going to be bringing in Coulson, who's ready to play, or McKenzie, who's just fit. And, you know, Coulson doesn't quite know the squad so much. And uh, Jack McKenzie is uh, well made of glass, unfortunately. So I just felt maybe Mason Hancock could have stayed in that position. And then after the Celtic game, we then, you know, go and um, uh, let him go out on loan. But maybe, you know, Arbroath's not willing to hang about. But that was my one gripe with the, with the move. I think it is a good move at a very good level for him. And likewise, Kieran and Gwen yeah, as well. You know, both left-backs going on loan to the Championship. Evan Tyler also in the Championship. I'm sure it'll be good for them for... Um, when they come up and face each other, they want to sort of get the best of each other as well. So that'll probably push each other on even more too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Keith made a good point to me today when, because he had the exact same kind of argument as you about the fact that, you know, the, the timing about it, should we have kept this until Monday, you know, after that Celtic game, but obviously are both in desperate need of a, a left back. You could have maybe argued, could we have pushed for them to take um, Keenan and Gwenny instead had, considering he hasn't had any minutes for, for the club. But obviously there was that agreement, as we said, you know, organised a few weeks ago. So it's obviously a player that they're, they've identified and they're keen on. But maybe something that the club see this season is both Kieran and, and Mason going out getting first-team football at their respective loan clubs to then come back and challenge Jack McKenzie for that left-back slot um, next season. Obviously, as you said, Hayden Coulson, Coulson, I'm not sure. The ABZ guys are currently recording a, a mini pod, so I'm sure um, they'll have the correct pronunciation from their correspondent in, in there, um, like we got with the pronunciation of um, Duke, not Duck. So uh, if you if you want to know how to say it properly, we'll maybe have to tune in so we get it, so we get it right. But um, do you see that as being maybe the thinking behind these two loan deals that with a more view to, to next season um, seeing these two get, get more minutes for the first team. Obviously, Mason has looked looked decent um, from what we've seen of him so far. I, I personally thought he maybe still has some work defensively to do. Um, but obviously, we haven't seen too much of, of Kieran and Gwenya anyway. Well, I think um, Mason will learn a lot uh, defensively under Dick Campbell. He'll teach him how to play, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, I think it's it, it's two good moves for them sort of try to pave their way up Tawdry. It's a very good level for the pair of them. They're both very young. It's good to go and play, you know, against men, not just in the development games. 
and it's at a really good level in the championship mm-hmm. too. Uh, for two decent sides, you'll probably be looking at making that those playoffs uh, this season as well. So, uh, you know, they both got a chance to go and lay down a marker uh, ahead of coming back next next summer. Mason Hancock obviously got that deal to earn as well, so they'll both mm. have points to prove. Uh, absolutely, and and Gwen, you'll be thinking, well, that should have been me playing in those Premier Cup uh, Premier Cup games as well. So he's got that as well to use as fuel. So. Um, I think it is two very, very good moves, and it's exciting that they're going out and getting that experience too. And hopefully, they'll they'll come back better for it. Yeah, and I, I noticed a few people saying, "Oh, like um, disappointed to see Mason going out on loan. How's that going to affect his development?" Well, you know, Neil Simpson was part of the the pathways or development manager. I can't remember what his official title is, but you know, if he's saying it's good enough for these players, then I'm going to trust his judgment. Um, that this is the the right move for them, but I suppose for certainly for Kieran Wraith, we're looking for defenders after the retirement of Christoph Berra, which I'm surprised you haven't brought up yet. Yes, before I rejoice in Christoph Berra's retirement, um, I watched Kieran Gwenya's interview with Wraith after he signed, and then um, they mentioned in it the the interviewer mentioned that um, it was a he was a player that Ian Murray been what had his eye on for a few weeks, so. Clearly, he's wanted there as well, which is very, very good. But yes, they will be after defenders, after uh, Christoph Berra um, faced Boyan Miofsky for an hour and he decided, that's enough for me. I'm just sad the ball boy wasn't there to give him a give him a wee send-off. But uh, we've had some good memories with Christoph, uh, the shite Scott McKenna. Oh, we've had some great times there. But after seeing him on Sunday, it's definitely time to call it a day. I know. Um, 41 appearances for the national team as well. Quite remarkable. Um, but um, as you said, an hour of Boyan Miofsky was enough and and that is the end of Christoph Berra's career. Um, as we, we've touched on already, there has been some incomings. We'll, we'll, we'll go on the one we've mentioned already, um, considering we've lost two left-backs uh, in the space of about 12 hours today. Um, Hayden Coulson um, joined the, the team from Middlesbrough on loan. 24-year-old who's previously worked with Jim Goodwin, spending some time um, at St Mirren in the 2018 season. He did actually come up against Aberdeen when we beat them 4-0 in the League Cup. Um, Played 11 times for St Mirren that season. Last season, he spent time on loan at both Peterborough United and Ipswich Town, but only played 14 times across the, the course of last season. So, uh, to, to kind of go on that point that you made about the timing on, on Mason Hancock, um, I've got a bit of fitness concern around the new signing already, um, you know, ahead of this weekend's game when it's likely that he'll be the starting left back unless Jack McKenzie's fit enough. But again, uh, Jack's not played competitively this season. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably more concerned about Jack McKenzie's fitness rather than Hayden Coulson. Hayden Coulson in his interview said... Um, he has done, you know, a preseason. I don't think they'll have came back, you know, quite as early as us, but yeah. um, at least if it's a few weeks, he'll be in a decent spot. Obviously, without that match fitness, probably too. But um, I, I presume he's going to come in to start. I mean, he'll definitely be up for that. He's what he's got an expiring contract at Middlesbrough at, at the end of the season. He sees this probably as a chance to, whether it's you know, give give those down the road a second thoughts to whether he's going to fit back in down there or a chance to, you know, prove himself up here, maybe on a contract up here or elsewhere. Um, I think we do obviously need a cover at that left back. I mean, if I go, even if we hadn't loaned out Hancock and Nguyenia and we'd gone into the season 
uh, with those two, and then sort of <clears throat> McKenzie, three sort of young, inexperienced fullbacks, um, you know, with McKenzie's fitness questionable and things like that. I think it's a good move in the way he's described himself and things like that. He sounds like an attacking fullback, um, likes playing wing back as well. He said he has fast feet, so mm. hopefully we'll see all these things uh, uh, come to fruition. But hopefully, not only that, he can actually defend. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Do you think, though, with the the you know potential departure of Bates and obviously the two loan signings, uh, well, loan departures, sorry, I should say, do you think we will be looking at more cover on that left side of defence? Possibly even another loan coming in or a, or a cheap uh, cheap option to, to buy? I don't think the left side, I think they might be settled on that left-hand side now with sort of Coulson, McKenzie, and you've got Hayes and um, Skills, you can also sort of play there. I, I suppose, though, like if you're using Hayes as cover, we've seen him look really good in that left mid position so far. Left, well, certainly attacking position. Do we have any decent cover on that left wing just now? I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe <laughs> well, I think we will bring in certainly oh, oh, at left back. I think there's enough options. We need the four of them, we'll mm. be all right there. Um, on the left side, then you can have Vinny coming off the left-hand side. You've got, you know, Callum Roberts. I'm sure he, well, he is left-footed, so he could perhaps fill over there. Matty Kennedy can come off the left uh, as well, and uh, well, Conor McLennan's still here, so who knows what's going to happen with him. And um, Marley Watkins too. I think we're okay there. Um, Centre back does concern me a little bit because you know you'll have to take McCrory out of midfield, and uh, right now we are a little bit light in centre midfield. I would like to see maybe another centre-back come in if David Bates does go. Um, also, right-back, a little bit of a concern, because likewise, um, McCrory is mm-hmm. basically the only cover option we have there. So, if anything, I'm looking on the opposite side uh, for additions. Yeah, uh, interesting. Um, and Handy Doodle do say in the comment, Vinny can't play on the left, and I'd probably tend to agree. I wasn't overly... Um, I think he'll be better this season in behind the striker, um, he's looked good this season in that forward role, being kind of almost free roaming. Um, I think we want to keep him in that best position because when he was kind of on that left-hand side against Peterhead, they doubled up against him and kept him very quiet. So I'd rather um, us be able to see the best of him in that kind of the free option role. But look, we've got options um, just now and let's see if we can add that quality that Jim Goodwin speaks about. Yes, true. Um, and hopefully that quality is Callum Roberts. Uh, signed to Geordie, so at least I'm happy about that. Um, obviously, he came in from Notts County, paid, what is it, 75000 with potential add-ons, the rumoured fee? Think, yeah, well, possibly up to a deal up to worth £100,000 then. Well, hopefully this signing with connections to Newcastle can't be worse than the last signing. Um, well, yes. Newcastle, so especially mm. when he's coming here um, being dubbed the Jordy Messi as well. That's a, a lot of hype to put on the shoulders of Callum Roberts, as, as you said, 25-year-old coming in from Notts County. 16 goals in just 37 games last season for the Magpies. You know, pretty impressive going and it's, you know, We've spoken about all preseason, Callum. We need that extra winger. We need that extra creative mm-hmm. flair in in this team to to provide that cover, and it looks like we might just have that. And you know, we caught up um, with the Notts County Talk Live guys again. Unfortunately, due to our busy schedules, we couldn't record a, a piece on on that over over camera. But we did send them a, a few questions, which I think you've got there, mm-hmm. um, and they. Um, 
you know, came back with uh, some good responses on them. So I'll let you uh, ask the first question or, or state yeah. the first question. Absolutely. We asked them, uh, obviously they've had a good experience seeing him in the last couple of seasons. He's performed very well for them. We asked them what Aberdeen fans can expect from Roberts. Yeah, the, the very obvious question to ask. And their response was that he will give us loads of attacking threat, be a constant menace all game to the fullbacks. He likes to cut in and get his shot away um, and not to expect too much from him defensively. Um, so if he is going to be playing on that right-hand side, which we maybe do have, well, I certainly have concerns over Jaden Richardson with him liking to bomb forward and maybe be a bit slow at getting back. It could leave us that little bit exposed for poor Anthony Stewart that has looked a bit outpaced at times in the 10-yard um, dash. So slight slight concern, but um, uh, a player that can be a menace to fullbacks is exactly what we want to hear because that's certainly what we've been lacking in, in recent months. Oh yeah, well, absolutely. Um, I, he's described himself and he likes carrying the ball, running at players, uh, which sounds just exciting to me. And that's exactly what you want. You want to be entertained, but you, we also asked uh, what his favourite position was. Yeah, and that is on the wing or behind the striker. So I suppose um, another option um, to play off the strikers if we want to move Vinny to that left or right. Um, but we didn't see the best of him unless he was out wide running at defenders. So I think by all accounts from Notts County fans, if we want to be seeing the best from him, he needs to be on that wing. Absolutely. And uh, it's on that wing that he earned the nickname, the Jordy Messi. And I mean, I think that is high expectations, but I do wonder if he will live up to that uh, expectation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he scored 16 goals last season, uh, obviously coming off that left-hand side. Um, if, if we wondered if he was clinical because, you know, sometimes we have sort of lacked that um, because uh, can he also sort of not only be clinical, but can he, you know, provide assists as well? Because, I mean, we've lacked that last season too. Yeah, you know, he can rip teams apart often, has to be doubled up on. Obviously, I mentioned that about Bazaum after maybe what, teams have seen from him in pre-season but in terms of Roberts the the Notts County guys say that isn't often enough to stop him you know for those of you that follow us on Twitter at RTG underscore podcast we tweeted the um, Notts County talk guys favorite Callum Roberts goal and we saw that where he was almost had three defenders in and around him still had the skill the center of gravity to evade those defenders drive to the byline and then using his left foot, cut the ball into the opposite bottom corner of the net, a quite exquisite finish um, after grabbing an assist also from um, the corner in that game against League, topping Barrow uh, at the time. And then there was another um, Notts County fan that also tweeted us his favourite goal. Um, it was great seeing um, a little mini highlight reel from Notts County fans in our um, mentions um, on Monday. And it was a free kick that he took from the right-hand side into the uh, opposite side of the net. So um, maybe a bit of a free kick specialist as well. I think I said to Jonathan Main, maybe that first kind of player that looks creative, has that touch since Madison. Um, maybe Christie again, maybe a bit of high expectation to put on his shoulders. But certainly from what we've seen in the, the highlights there, um, to go back to what the Notts County Talk Live guys said, he has got that brilliant close control and does resemble Messi with his low 
center of gravity, hence the nickname. But he was their most clinical player last season. Pulled them out of tricky situations a few times. A lot of his goals can be from the edge of the area, bending into the corner. And I suppose, Calm, that's exactly what we want to hear because a lot of the times, certainly I felt from once Ryan Hedges left, we missed that player that could pull us out that tricky situation. And it also kind of goes on the point that Jim Goodwin said when last season we didn't have those players we could call upon to influence the game. Maybe we found one here in Callum Roberts. Absolutely hope so. And uh, obviously last season we saw big struggles of when our strikers weren't scoring, we weren't scoring. So mm-hmm. it's good to know that we do have a player, you know, potentially. Um, obviously with the level um, that he played at under consideration too, that can pop up uh, with, with goals from other areas of the park and um, it will be interesting to see uh, how how he you know how that partnership with Jaden Richardson further develops. Uh, what did the Knox County talk guys say? Yeah, so they said that was a brilliant partnership for them last season. Their overlaps were something to watch out for, and seventy five percent of their attacks tended to come down that right hand side um, last season. So something for us to maybe look forward to. Although I'm sure Matty Kennedy might have something to say about the prospect of Callum Roberts playing on that right hand side. It'll be very, very interesting, but it's very good to have that competition now. So uh, not not a bad problem to have. And they uh, mentioned defensive weaknesses. Was there any other or was it mainly just the defensive weaknesses that they highlighted? So, the uh, yeah, we asked about the weaknesses. As you said, they said in terms of his game, he can hold on the ball for a bit too long. And as a isn't a fan of tracking back, although he did get better in the latter stages of last season. The other major weakness in their mind was his injury record not like Aberdeen to sign injured players with a history of injury, but there we go. He missed the vast majority of the 2021 season with complications from long COVID, which kept giving him muscles injuries. It looked at one point though he'd never get back playing. He played the whole of last season, having injections before every game so he could play. And in their biggest game, the playoff, um, the injection unfortunately numbed his whole leg, forcing him off after 20 minutes. Saying that, scoring 16 goals when you're nowhere near fitness is quite frightening. If you can get back to full fitness, you've got an incredible player. So, you know, you think about the money that we've spent on him, the fact that he wasn't fully fit last season and still contributed 16 goals. Lewis Ferguson was our top goal scorer with that amount last season. And you have to think half of them were penalties. So, you know, they said it's frightening if he gets back to full fitness. Well, that's very exciting. Absolutely. I mean, it's probably frustrating that we couldn't have had him in earlier, uh, perhaps when Jaden Richardson arrived to get him that full pre-season with the, with the squad. But regardless, he also said in his interview that he has uh, had a little bit of pre-season with Notts County, so he should be uh, in good shape regardless, despite, you know, obviously not up to the speed of our guys. But it'll be very, very interesting. And what I'm excited about, he was highly thought of once upon a time at Newcastle United before things uh, didn't quite work out. He did go on to appear for them. I think he scored as well. Uh, maybe even on his debut in a cup, but um, it'll be interesting. Obviously, as well as Hayden Coulson, uh, he's got experience somewhat of the league as well. I've spent time at Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, again, a player that's got um, used to Scottish football or has some experience, as you say. Um, Kaiser, again, another regular on our lives. Thanks for um, tuning in and thanks for contributing uh, in the comments as well. It looks a good player, but we'll need to see. Fifth tier of England isn't a great standard. Obviously, we've got Jaden Richardson in as well. Um, as I said, I've got my own doubts around him so far this season. But I think 
certainly, you know, we've, we've spoke about maybe his fitness issues, um, but certainly the clips and the skills that we've seen um, in his highlight reels looks very encouraging. But let's see if he can if he can do it for us. And I think if he can, if he can keep that fitness levels up by all by all accounts, certainly for the money that we've spent, you know, the the last episode we, we were speaking about was it Shaden Morris from mm-hmm. um, Fleetwood, and there was three hundred thousand pounds. I think was the rumored figure. We've not spent nowhere near that for a player who sounds a lot more encouraging. Um, so maybe again another little um, gem that that Darren Mowbray's managed to unearth here. Uh, let's hope so. I'm certainly excited to see what he can do. I don't, I don't know if he'll go in you know, straight against Celtic, but he, I'm sure he will get his chance. And uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be very, very interesting. I'm sure he'll probably end up getting kicked up in the air quite a lot, uh, as as is often the case when uh, players are a little bit of skill come up to Scotland. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. And at least I suppose with him, if he comes into the starting eleven, which we'll, we'll come on to in a minute, it gives opposition defenders another attacking player to, to worry about in our team other than just just Vinny or just Johnny Hayes um, as we've maybe seen so far in the early parts of this season because I think again at times last season you know pre Vinny coming in it was well we'll just double up on Ryan Hedges and when Ryan Hedges was quiet Aberdeen were quiet mm-hmm. so now to have the options potentially on both sides is very encouraging going into into the start of the season. Definitely, and also, I mean, when you look at the wingers we currently have on the books, I mean, Matty Kennedy, right-footed, Vicente, right-footed, both of them sort of prefer kind of cutting in or even playing in that 10 role. And then Johnny Hayes, when he, whenever he's on the right, I mean, you, you see the cross he tried to put on his right foot the other day? <laughs> it was bloody awful. So it's good that, you know, he doesn't quite like playing on that right-hand side so much, but Calm Roberts, he says that is that sort of his preferred role, though he is um, obviously left-footed as well. He you know he can cut in on that side, so it offers something a little bit, a little bit different as well uh, as well in terms terms of further wide options that offer a little bit different dimensions. So yeah, I think it's I think it's good acquisition and for that fee as well. Um, I I can't I can't find too many complaints other than sort of that we need to find out what where how he'll do with a sort of step up, which English fans maybe won't agree that it's a step up, but regardless. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I suppose it'll be interesting to see how many teams he makes in in terms of fantasy teams. As of course we mentioned at the top of the show, we have the red tinted glasses fantasy league running again this season. Um, details on screen now for those of you currently tuning in to um, our live on YouTube, or if you're watching, we'll put a link into. Um, the audio description with the fantasy code so for those of you um, catching up via audio and the current contest code is as number one dzm the letters are all lowercase so that is as one dzm to join the red tinted glasses fantasy football scotland league and we have prizes currently sorted um, for that as well, um, we will be looking to see if Ian Brown can defend his title from last season. Or if Colin can. I bloody hope not, as I was going to say. Sorry, yeah. and I thought I was on mute. Yeah, if or if you can run him close after your, was it third or fourth place finish last season? You were, you were going well for a time. I can't remember. I'm trying to blank it out and move on to the next one. Um, and obviously, with being live on Thursday, um, Motherwell are currently in Europa League conference or whatever 
somehow European competition they managed to get into last season, but are currently 1-0 down, thanks to those of you in the comments um, informing us of that information, because that does have an effect on Aberdeen, uh, as it means if Motherwell do crash out of Europe, um, they will travel to Pataudry on Saturday the 13th of August, as opposed to that game having to be moved to the Sunday. And I think we can all agree that Saturday 3pm is a lot more enjoyable than Sunday 3pm. So, um, I'm on the Sligo. Sligo, is it? Sligo, regardless. I don't know how they made it to Europe, but yeah, at least we'll be playing on Saturday at 3 o'clock. That's always welcome. Yeah, exactly. Um, we won't be playing on Saturday at 3 o'clock this weekend, though, Callum. It is Sunday, 4.30, as the Dons kick off their Premiership season away to Celtic. It is flag day for the champions. Uh, I'm sure Jim Goodwin is absolutely relishing the prospect of going to Parkhead to show what his charges can do this season. Is playing Celtic on opening day the perfect time to play them, though, Callum? Uh, is it? I don't know. I mean, on one, one side, of you've got like, you know, maybe they're not quite up to speed yet. We can, you know, cause an early upset. They might know what to expect from us. But another time, it's like, oh, I'm buzzing for the new season. What have we got? Parkhead. Away <laughs> to the champions. Brilliant. I mean, you know, they've kept Jota, all that lot. Uh, no. It's a, it's a decent chance, uh, I think, maybe to lay down a mark. I think we'll learn a lot even if we do go out there and lose, about sort of the application of the players and how we'll do going forward. Uh, I just hope that, you know, we don't get spanked and absolutely all confidence is gone uh, that we've built up. Yeah, well, DT98 Films is buzzing for Sunday. I have to say, I'm scared that I'm getting your levels of optimism ahead of the, the game on Sunday, but also very wary of the attacking threats that, that Celtic pose. And I think also wary of the fact of how untested our defence really remains to a quality attack this season um, also plays on the back of my mind. And, you know, we're going to have to change our defence and as Can't Be Bothered mentioned um, earlier on uh, during this episode is that Liam Scales will be a massive miss on Sunday. What do you expect, Callum, our back four will line up as? Do you expect it to be Ross McCrory? Obviously, that's what we we've kind of tended to do in the games against Sterling, Wraith, you know, make those changes and, and that scene, Ross sl slotting alongside Anthony Stewart at centre-back. Mm. I take it it's not the game to play Jack Milne from the start as, as centre-back instead? Well, I mean, that'll either make or break the kid, but I, I think, yeah, I think a little bit too early for him. Uh, I think, it, yeah, it will be Ross McCrory probably on, on the left side of the fence. I think that's mainly what we've seen uh, in preseason games, I think we've seen that for a reason, uh, so that they can you know develop somewhat of an understanding uh, between themselves as centre back. Which is a shame to break up uh, McCrory and Ramadani because they've been uh, looking fantastic alongside each other. But I think that is how it'll go. Then obviously Richardson on the right, and I'm not sure if it'll be Coulson or McKenzie. I've got a feeling that they might lean towards uh, Hayden Coulson, to be honest. But well, I don't know what I'd prefer. What, what would what would you prefer? I'm not sure. And interesting, can't be bothered saying Coulson as a centre back. I don't know if we'll see him as a centre back because then who are you playing as left back? That then potentially moves Johnny Hayes into left back. Yeah, and I then think that's too much messing about. 
I know it's a it's a big change to your your midfield if you're moving someone that you've signed as a left back in into there. But uh, I suppose that's another conundrum. Not many people will have will have considered. I think you've got to go with McCrory and Stewart. You've got that experience uh, of Ross McCrory in in playing there last season, um, and who can I'm not saying he's going to help Anthony Stewart, but you know Ross McCrory will know what to expect from that Celtic team. Um, so maybe they can communicate better and then, yeah, they can both help equally the, the fullbacks that, that we go. And I think I'm more intent to agree with you that, that Coulson, Coulson, whatever his name is going to be, will we'll get the nod at, at left left back and, and Jaden Richardson will continue um, at right back. Into midfield, though, then, with Ross McCrory likely to drop back into defence, what does that mean for the centre midfield partnership. Obviously we've seen, you know, Yilva Ramadani and Ross McCrory flourish um, that partnership so far. Willie Miller confirming on Sports Sound at the weekend that young Connor Barron faces six to eight weeks out with a, a cruciate injury. Um, so that's quite disappointing for Connor, but also disappointing for Jim Goodwin, who would have probably looked at slotting Connor back into that midfield. Mm-hmm. So do we now turn to uh, Dante Polvara? To, to plug that hole, I think we do. I don't. Well, we don't have much other choice at all. Um, I, I can definitely see that being the case, and I'm okay with it. To be fair, in the small flashes that we've seen of Dante Povara, he's looked okay. Um, he's a bruiser, in fairness, and that would might be what we need. Um, a big physical presence in that midfield, and hopefully, him and Ramadani will do enough kicking up in the air to get us through the game. I think I prefer that that sort of to be the case, and. Um, I think that probably will be what we see because right now, no alternative. It's just annoying that, unfortunately, Baron did pick up that little knock because I would have loved it for him to have just slotted in and that would be nice and easy. But alas, no, here we are. Yeah, um, but yeah, I know as, as Scotia said as well, first game of the league and we're already um, speaking about having to alter a winning lineup. It's not really a position that we as fans or I'm sure Jim Goodwin is really, you know, excited by, but um, as Boris Johnson would say, them's the breaks, um, I guess, with the, the signing of Liam Scales um, and the loan signing. Um, you not like that political part tonight, no? That was rogue, to say the least. <laughs> Are you going to sign off with Asta La Vista, baby? Well, now that you put it in my head, I might. Um, but other position in midfield with the signing of the Jordi Messi, is Matty Kennedy's starting position under threat? Um I suppose it could be, we could be worse. We could be Hibs and have signed a 36-year-old midfielder, Nadia McGeady, who's now out for um, 12 weeks. So um, that's not all too bad. Yeah, I know. That is, uh, they've had a nightmare with that one. Missed two penalties, got injured for 12 weeks. Great stuff. But funny though. I think, it is funny. Uh, I think they should keep those sort of three behind the striker as is for now. I think they've all done enough equally throughout the uh, Premier Sports games. Um to, to sort of earn their right to start the season. I think Mike Kennedy's been very impressive, probably shocked me the most. Johnny Hayes looked very unselfish in his plays and just, and still sort of the absolute workhorse that he's been in sort of his whole career. So, and Vicente obviously can make things happen too. I think it'd be unfair on one of them to, to drop out. And then of course we still have that Carl Roberts uh, option to come off the bench or, you know, maybe going into the, the, the game the next weekend. 
I don't know. I think I think I'd like to keep those three together. I think they've all done enough to, to keep their place. Yeah, and I think it kind of goes back to some of the, the comments that are coming in um about having to change the the lineup, the fact that it's maybe showing that we're still short at center half or midfield as well, is that we don't want to be making wholesale changes for this game and then have to change them all back when you know Liam Skills can play against Simmer in a week later. So I tend to agree. I think those players have earned their right um, by you know taking the um, Premier Sports Group stage seriously, doing a professional job, um, not getting ourselves knocked out um, like other Premiership teams have done, um, and and do deserve that that shot in the opening game on Sunday. Um, and then we do have that quality and maybe unknown prospects coming off the bench mm-hmm. um, to. Hopefully, if we're still in the game when they, they come on, maybe give us a chance of, of picking up three points or, um, you know, getting a point, which would be, you know, anything I think we take from this weekend is a, is a huge bonus, a huge platform for us to build the, the season on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do agree. I think they, they deserve a chance. And then the fact we do have options now, um, I think maybe Jim Green would still like another, you know, sort of creative midfielder, perhaps to add further options. Mm. Um, I think we're in a decent, decent enough spot to have nine through the door. Um, before the start of this league season's pretty good, you know. Regardless of who starts, you've got sort of another winger that's starter quality to come off the bench. Marley Watkins, Duke Ramirez, I mean Connor McLean's still there as well. So th- there is options. I think we're in a decent spot and I'm talking myself into optimism again and I'm, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, not like you. So we'll take a look at what we think the starting 11 will be then for Sunday's game. So we're going to say Kelleroos to starting goals. Yep, that's what I mean. Yeah, left back, Hayden Coulson, centre-backs, mm-hmm. Ross McCrory and Ante Stewart with a right back of Jaden Richardson. Yeah, I think that I think it makes the most sense to try and make as little changes as possible. Well, unfortunately, we have to make two. Yeah. And that then sees us into midfield. You think it will be Hayes, Ramadani, Polvara, and Matty Kennedy, I think it's fair to say, was what we assume the, the midfield to be. And then Bazan probably playing in a more advanced role in that midfield or in behind the striker. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll, they'll probably be supporting uh, Boyan Miofsky, I would think. Yeah, and I would think so too. Um, obviously, then having the option of Christian Ramirez to come off the bench alongside the likes of um, Callum Roberts as well. So, again, reverting back to that quality. But hopefully, if Ramirez is relied on off the bench, he does have his shooting boots with him, um, as that will be most helpful. <laughs> yeah, I really um, hope, Sorry, I hope everyone's been doing defensive work other than him, actually, this week. He just needs to work on one-on-one finishing. Um, well, we do need to be defensively sound, but we also do need to be clinical, um, as you said. So people working on their finishing. I think we say that every time it comes to these Celtic Rangers previews. Mm-hmm. Um, we spoke about, is this a good time to play Celtic or not? They've had six friendlies um, as a pre-season. They've not had the distraction um, like ourselves this season, although I know they've got group stage football to look forward to and we don't. They haven't had any qualifiers um, to play this preseason, so they've had an uninterrupted preseason campaign that saw them play six friendlies, three wins, three draws, um, scoring two goals in every preseason friendly. Um, although so have we, we've also scored two in every preseason game and competitive game as well. Although um, people maybe want to say that closed door friendly against St Johnston 
see if that counts. Well, I don't think the club are counting it, but um, two players that have found themselves in good form for the hoops is David Turnbull and Dazen Maeda, both being in the goals. Now, we saw what Maeda could do last season on that left wing, um, like a Duracell bunny up and down. Um, that, for me, is the, the concern, the way that they can change players like Giacomakis, Yota, Maeda, um, against against our our defense that as I said mm-hmm. has been largely untested. So I can see you already your some of that optimism draining as I as I listed those those attacking threats. Abada, Kyogo. Oh god. Yeah, I haven't even touched on them. Yeah, I mean this'll be a real test for our defense that we've had to make changes to and it's not a winning defense, but um you know hopefully they'll um they'll I don't know, not be so sharp having just played pre-season games. That's what I'm clinging on to. They'll be caught up in flag day, etc. Um, I don't know. It's scary the amount of options they have. But thankfully, you know, we're starting to get some ourselves. And uh, it'll probably be on that defence and also the industrious midfielders and probably Paul Vara and Ramadani too, uh, to keep us in this game uh, for as long as possible. So we do get a chance to... Uh, see what our attacking players can do against slightly better opposition. But, oh, I've listed all those players has sapped every little bit of confidence I've had now. And uh, I'm not happy about it whatsoever. I'm sure to, to, to come Sunday, I'll be uh, full of beans and ready for it, though. Oh, absolutely. Once those happy bottles are are consumed, then uh, things quickly change. But um, you know, Robbie Hanrati, as part of his job with the Daily Record, I've spoken to him earlier, um, and he's had a chance to watch Celtic in pre-season. And he said that you know they have looked good going forward, but at times still defensively suspect Joe Hart. Still not entirely comfortable with playing it out from the back, especially under pressure. So that's maybe something that Jim Goodwin and Aberdeen can can look to exploit. Uh, and obviously the, the centre-back pairing that they have in Cameron Carter-Vickers and Stephen Welsh um, is maybe still new and, and still learning. Obviously the, the signing of Moritz Jens is maybe someone that could make their debut at, at the weekend. So maybe defensively, and I think that was picked up in the comments as well, that yes, Celtic do have a good attack, but defensively they're still not the most sound. And I, I think I'll be surprised if this game ends nil-nil at the weekend. I'm, I'm expecting goals. I'm just hoping that we're uh, on the score sheet as well. Absolutely. I'm expecting a score. Well, I'm not expecting a score draw. I hope for a score draw because it's the you know best result in football. But regardless, um, yeah, I think they, they could be a little bit uh, shaky defensively, regardless whether uh, Moritz Jens comes in or not. Um, you know, they've not been convincing Joe Hart again. Uh, what if you press him and make sure he doesn't have plenty of time on the ball, then sometimes he can be a bit wayward with it as well. It'll be a very, very interesting one. I, yeah, I don't think either team is going to be particularly defensively sound, uh, which is a little bit of a concern for us because of how much we shipped easy goals last season. But it'll be a very, very interesting one. I think regardless, we will learn a lot. I just hope that even if we do go down and defeat that, you know, there is positives there about how they apply themselves, the professionalism they show, and um, hopefully we can, you know, nick, nick a couple of goals and we've got a decent chance. Yeah, well, as Dad Sutherland said at the, the earlier in the episode, Majowski for the Golden Boot this season, well, hopefully he can get his campaign for the Golden Boot underway. Sunday would be the perfect tonic um, for that. Um, give us something, the 700 of us that are heading down to Parkhead, something to cheer about behind that pillar, and um, mm-hmm. hopefully if he does bag on Sunday, we actually 
um, are able to see the action uh, happening, of course. Oh, I've had an absolute nightmare there before. I hope I get my seat this time. I've been there before and my seat has been in the segregation. The two bits of tape, which is the worst segregation in the world. <laughs> and then my seat is in the middle of it. And another time I went and it was like something like it was like 37, 38, 39. And then it was like 84 was the next seat. <laughs> worst away end ever. Yeah, it is. But it's the first game of the season. The cinch is back and I can't wait. Um, even if it, I need a couple of extra happy balls to to ease the pain that we may have to endure. But hopefully when we are speaking next week, um, we are still largely positive um, or there is positives to take away and we're not starting that negative tone too quickly uh, this season. But what we will end this episode on um, today, Callum, is of course our predictions for the mm-hmm. season ahead. We will... Um, I say we, I mean I, will keep a note of them in a safe place. Probably have to do an Excel document to make sure I definitely keep it in a safe place. But um, we'll write down our predictions for the season and compare at the end of the season to how accurate we are and see, for those of you that think we do speak a lot of nonsense, how how accurate we, we can be. So the first um, prediction is going to be on our top goal scorer, um, Callum. Uh, who have you gone for for that? I think you're probably going to have gone for the same person. With him taking the number nine shirt, I'm going to go for Boyan Miofsky. Started off very, very well. He looks classy. When you tweeted that clips, uh, the, the clips of him, um, you know, how he was playing in MTK Budapest, you know, regardless of the levels and the technique he showed, I'm going with Boyan. Yeah, so have I. Um, and Skokes are saying Ramirez for top scorer. I. I think unless we see both of them on the pitch at the same time, which has not certainly been a tactic that Jim Goodwin has deployed so far, um, I think Majowski is going to get more minutes. I, I really like his movement. Um, I know Skokser said earlier in the, the comments about um, Ramirez being more of a, a penalty box striker and you know the fact that he was having to come deep for the ball rather than the tactic of that we seem to be deploying with Majowski playing off of the last defender. And I think... From what I saw in that game against Wraith, I really liked his movement off the ball as well. It looked very lively, and I think get him in the right position, um, we'll see him bag a lot of goals. And I think as well, it will also depend on um, who's taking penalties if they're both on the pitch as well. Yeah, that is that is certainly very true. But if if, if it is Boyomiovsky, then he and he carries on putting them in the way, put them away the way he did against Wraith, then he might be all right. He might be. Um, next one, we're going to predict who gets the most assists. Not one we you often hear about, but just a, a little uh, funny one to put in. So who do you think will be our uh, asset for assisting the most goals this season? I'm in, I was in a little bit of two minds. This is one of the ones where I thought, I don't know who I'm going to go with here. I might surprise you. I don't know. Um, I have elected to go with Johnny Hayes. Interesting. I think Bissawin will be the most productive winger mm-hmm. in terms of goals contributed, but I think he will score maybe more than he'll assist. But I think Johnny Hayes, given how unselfish he's been, he looks like he's relishing being further up the park again. I'm going with Johnny. A few, a few people in the in the comments tending to agree as well. Um, not often people agree with your opinions, but I'm gonna. Uh, 
um, go with the um, option that Jeff uh, Jeff Moren has has put in and back our little muscle boy um, to be the most uh, assist this season. I think in a new advanced role for him this season. I think um, I, I think he will produce um, the goods for us in terms of more assists. I think Johnny Hayes is an excellent shout. Um, certainly based on what we've seen this season already from him, it just depends on whether or not he is forced um, further back the pitch um, if injury suspensions uh, affect affect that. Um, or if Matty Kennedy, Callum Roberts um, continue to impress and we're left with a decision to try and fit both of them in, does Johnny Hayes' place um, you know, be affected? Oh, funny, that's like me and Jeff are on the same we- wavelength. Something he's put in the comments, can't see Johnny starting all, ga- all the games. It is something I considered as well, but I don't know. I just... Feel like he's just loving being further forward at the park again. Like the work rate he puts in, like Jim Goodwin will absolutely love that. So that's why I decided to go with, with Johnny Hayes. Another, um, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see. It'll be interesting. But if it wasn't going to be Johnny Hayes, I was going to go with the little muscle boy. Yeah, um, who do you think will be the most booked Aberdeen player this season? This is a toughie because <laughs> I think, uh, there's a couple. In there, that will be will be up there. I I think I'm going to go with Ross McCrory, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. over Yoba Ramadani, just because I think yeah. Yoba Ramadani will probably be a little bit more smart with that with it a little bit uh, with his sort of professional fouls, tactical fouls, whereas mm-hmm. Ross McCrory sometimes just goes storming in uh, with no thought or care. So I'm going to go with Ross McCrory to be the most booked player this season. Uh, interesting. I've gone for Ramadani, um, as I think new to the league. We saw a couple of the maybe niggly fouls that he liked to break up the play tactically. Um, so I've gone for Ramadani. Um, although with the change in dugouts, I do like the shout from Kaiser saying Jim Goodwin. Uh, I think that's very possible that we do mm-hmm. see um, him lined up as someone that receives a, a lot of yellow cards, but I'll go with Ramadani. Um, where, Callum, do you see us finishing the Premiership season? I might be going with heart over head for this one, but I am going to say we're going to finish third. And mm. although hearts are looking, you know, well, they were obviously miles ahead of everyone else in third last season, they will have group stage football. I don't know how they're going to cope with balancing that and the league and the cups. Dundee United have, you know, recruited quite well uh, over summer, but I'm just, I'm just excited. And I think if you know we can get another one or two in ahead of this season, uh, well, not ahead of the season, but before the end of the window, we could be on for it. Oh, I'm so glad your optimism has returned and you've gone straight in there. I can't wait till Robert Borthwick's back on the podcast and you're having to explain why you've gone for third as we're hopefully not struggling. Um, but I can just see that coming back to bite you other comments around hearts. Um, I'll say what I did in my 4-4-2 preview um, for the season ahead. I'd be delighted um, just to make the top six um, this season based on last season. Um, and I will go for that we'll finish fourth. I think... <laughs> I think Hearts will just have enough to to pip us. I do think that depending on their European run, it's interesting to see how that affects them. Um, Dungeon United did. They have maybe recruited well, but will that 
will that work for them this season? Not sure. We've not really seen them in you know competitive action yet this season. Um, and I think you know we see some Motherwell, Ross County, Livingston. I know Ross County made it into the top six at our expense last season. I think that there's a couple of positions up there for grabs in the in the mm-hmm. top six. Obviously, us and Hibs missed out last season. I think we should definitely be getting into that top six. And then for me, I think we should be looking at at least fourth as, as a minimum finishing place. So I'll say fourth, but if we finish third, I'll be absolutely delighted as well. You won't be delighted when I am so smug that I predicted it. There is there is also there is also that to, to consider. Um, we already did our Premier Sports um, Cup predictions uh, a few weeks back before the group stages commenced. We both um, hoped, obviously, we would get to the final, but we're expecting a semi-final um, placing in, in that cup competition. What about the Scottish Cup, Callum? Where, where are you hoping to see Aberdeen reach? I think, obviously, we, we all want to reach the final, but... I'm thinking, I'm hoping semi-final, but I think quarter-final because I think teams will take the Scottish Cup a little bit more seriously. Um, I, I don't know, you know, we might come up against one of the big boys in there. Screw it, I'm going semi-final again. I'm going with heart overhead. Two semi-finals and third. And that's me. That's me. I'm deciding that. That's what's happening. Okay, you've gone from not winning the lot to just just coming close, close there. After last season, will Buddy take it? <laughs> well, Paul Donaldson saying we'll reach at least one cup semi final, and well, I'd absolutely take that. Who doesn't love a semi? And I've said that we'll also get to the Scottish Cup semi finals as well. Who are misses? Well, a good cup run would definitely be an improvement on last season as well, especially if league doesn't go to plan. Um, One thing I saw on Twitter, and I know he's watching the live now, um, um, Beastie had a thing on his Twitter account, um, at BeastieRL, on who the best three players will be this season, or most exciting players will be this season. Um, Have you had a chance to think on who the most exciting three players will be this season for us? Uh, I would first of all like to congratulate. I saw uh, in, in the comments he got a new job moving up in the world. So congratulations, yeah, Christy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a massive shout out to you. But um, for this season, I'm going to go. Uh, I think Vinny will be yeah. absolutely up there. I mentioned that I think he'll maybe have maybe the most goal contributions, but mm-hmm. I think it'll be a fine balance between his goals and assists, maybe as well. I'm going to go Vinny. Boyan, I think. He just looks classy and everything looks so much better on that left foot. I'm excited about him. So those two, and although I said, you know, Johnny Hayes for the most of assists, it's a real tough one. I'm going to go Yilber just for, I think, the way he applies himself in that midfield. He looks neat and tidy as well and uh, with the way he plays. I sort of, I suppose, mentioned Hearts earlier, similar sort of Cami Devlin can do the dirty work and play a little bit too. Those three are going to be my three, I think. And I'm not including... I think Robert's harsh to be included, but I'm not going to. Uh, and, and likewise, uh, Johnny. What about yourself? Yeah. Um, I've also gone for Boyan. I think once you sign a striker, um, you're always excited to see how well they did. See Christian Mina's last year. Um, I was humming and haying on, on Vinny, um, oh. but I've gone for Liam Scales. I know we're not going to see him in games against Celtic, but 
I think I've been really impressed by him, certainly his distribution that we've seen at, at the back yeah. um, and just a, a remarkable improvement on what we had to, to witness last season. Um, I'll, I'm going to go with him over, over Anthony Stewart just based on what I've seen so far. And um, I've gone for Callum Roberts as the exciting player just based on what we've seen in terms of highlight reel um, and prospect of getting that new exciting winger coming in. Um, but yeah, a bit like yourself, you know, maybe the likes of Hayes, McCrory, um, Vicente, unlucky not to to be included uh, in in that top three. But uh, we'll we'll see how that develops. And then uh, after talking to to Joe from the Benfica After Ninety podcast, something we're going to include going forward this season, and um, providing we remember to do it each episode, is our memorable moments from the game at, that we've been at at the weekend. Whether that is a moment from the game or a moment pre-match. Um, there might be a few more memorable moments pre-match in some games, but we'll be looking to discuss the memorable moment from the game and whether that is a match-winning tackle, a match-winning goal, or a match-saving tackle block. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll pick one each from, from the game um, for something for a uh, discussion point there. So something to look forward to in, in the new season. Absolutely. Uh, I'd like to uh, just, an unofficial one, uh, use this moment uh, to say for the Wraith game, lasagna pie, <laughs> pie of the month. They need to become a permanent fixture at the games. Petaudry people, if you're listening, so that's what I'm using for my uh, moment of the match. The lasagna pie, M- make it happen, people. Thank you. There we go. Some, some positive pie news, positive food news after all the bad press. Um, McCrory goal is the memorable moment for Parky 1977. I would say Bojan's penalty um, was my memorable moment because uh, debut five minutes in and just the conviction to put it into the top corner, that is uh, a memorable way to start your Aberdeen career. Um, and let's be honest, McCrory's goal is probably going to win goal of the season or something anyway, so it'll get, it'll get recognition in itself. Probably, but you're both wrong. Lasagna pie! <laughs> And on that um, positive food news, we'll see how good the food is this weekend. Let's be honest, probably no one will buy it anyway. Thank you to all of you that have tuned into this episode and interacted through the comments. It is much appreciated. It's great to see your opinions and how they often agree, disagree or contrast to those that we hold. Um, Football is all about opinions, strong opinions, weak opinions. We've all got them. We all agree, disagree on them. But that's what makes doing these shows and football so enjoyable as well. Until next week when we are back discussing the opening weekend of the season and looking forward to the opening home game of the season. Thanks very much for tuning in to another episode of Red Tinted Glasses. Bye.